Are you longing for real life change and lasting impact? Here at More To Be, we believe that is possible through a fresh encounter with God in His Word. I'm Angela Sackett. And I'm Lisa Pulliam, and together we want to help you think biblically and live transformed to be more like Jesus as you seek to join God in His work every day. So Angela, we have a special guest with us today, and I was thinking we could start off with you introducing Sarah and your relationship with her before we hear from Sarah. Uh, I am so excited, you guys. I cannot wait for you to meet Sarah. So we've been talking over the past few weeks about being hospitable, being a mentor, being salt and light. And my precious friend um, is an example to me of that and the way that she has lived and is living her life. And so um, I'm going to actually start with a passage of scripture. We always kind of try to take apart a piece of scripture. And this is really going to be more of an introduction to let you little bit know a little bit about what Sarah has been in my life so far. Sarah Aramick is her name. Um, and we're going to start in Philippians 1. I'm going to start in verse 27. Uh, Whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then whether I come and see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in the one spirit, striving together as one for the faith of the gospel. And um, so Sarah and I met because my family relocated to New Jersey. My husband is the operations director at Harvey Cedars Bible Conference. And I kept hearing about this amazing, sweet little old lady (laughs) 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 whose daughter founded Harvey Cedars Bible Conference and um, met her and just fell in love. And I say sweet little old lady jokingly because, Sarah, how old are you? 78. She is 78 years old, but I tell you, I cannot keep up with her. Her schedule, (laughs) we had to rearrange and rearrange to get her to come so that y'all could meet her. Um, But Sarah, tell us just a little bit about your history. So you grew up as a a ministry kid at the Bible conference, and then God took you and your husband in an unexpected direction, or maybe it was expected by that point, but. Yeah, I come as the, uh, I always say I'm a granddaughter of preachers, I'm the, the niece of preachers, I'm the, the daughter of preachers, and the sister of preachers, so <laughs> I'm, I'm surrounded. Uh, that was the way I grew up with a very, I considered a very privileged, privileged childhood. We didn't have any money, but I, we were privileged, mm. very much so, and my dad uh, was a minister. He was also, he would say, if he were alive today, he was an evangelist, because mm-hmm. that was his love, and that was that's what drove him. Um, and so Harvey Cedars was just our summers. That was just uh, his conference ministry. And then he traveled uh, a rest of the year when my uh, when we were five children. And when we got older into our teen years, we were all very um, independent and a little feisty. And and my mother said to my father, "You need to come in off the road for these children." Mm-hmm. And um, it's it it went right together with God's plan for our lives that daddy became the pastor of a large city church in Philadelphia for about 10 years while we came through our teen years, which I won't talk about, but that was significant in our lives. Very significant. Um, I went on, I traveled with him in different parts of the world for a while. I didn't marry till I was 33. Um, I wasn't ready till I was about 29 or 30, but then I was ready. And then God made me wait a few more years till I met (laughs) the right person as uh, so my dad was helping to found a seminary at that time. And one of the first students who came to the seminary and I connected on the mm. first day I met him. And about 10 months later, we were married. What a great and, uh, story. My, 
Yeah, yeah, it is. And I helped him then the next three years through Greek and Hebrew and seminary. I mean, I say I helped him. I, I kept the home fires burning and we started our children. We have two children. Today, my children are both married, but back then they were just little tots, you know, starting out in seminary. And then he took his first pastorate in South Carolina. And we were there three years. And during that period, felt the call of God to go um, to Europe. We were both uh, how can I say this? We were both a little soured and disappointed with the church, if I can put it that way, at the American church, because we have so much here. And I think God uses those mm-hmm. discouragements and those dissatisfactions to move you in the direction he wants to move you. And we both wanted to go somewhere where there was just nothing, where we just had to start from scratch. We had no idea what we were asking for and how difficult that would be, but that was the prayer that God led us to pray. And that took us to Germany with a mission board to do church planting. And so I stayed in, we lived in Germany about 14 years and uh, our children were raised there. They went all through German schools and then into a Christian boarding school for part of their high school years. And um, at the end of that time, a church was planted very exciting, very thrilling. A German pastor called, and right at that point, when we felt we were at the height of ministry, where we were going to go on to something else then, another another church plant, my husband was stricken with cancer. It was brain cancer, and he was gone in nine months. And so um, my life changed radically. It was grief like I had never known in my life, even though I thought I had been through grief. And because I didn't just lose my husband, I lost my country, my house, our ministry, my identity, everything we had changed overnight as I came back to America and we fought for his life and he he, uh, he passed away in God's providence. And uh, since then, the Lord's led me down a number of paths. I lived in the South for about uh, 18 years between North Carolina and South Carolina. I was the Dean of Women for Columbia International University. I don't know if uh, our listeners know that school, the yeah. former Columbia Bible College. My sister-in-law then, went there. Oh, really? Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's a, it's a great mission school. And uh, as a dean of women, I became the mentor to, you know, about a thousand women. And obviously not all one-on-one, but I about killed myself in those four years trying to get as <laughs> many as I could. After that, um, and it's too long to go into, but I ran uh, and directed and built a cancer, a, a faith-based cancer charity in Charlotte, North Carolina, that a brother of mine had started and died of his cancer at age 57. No one expected him to die, and he died, but the plans were laid, and they came and got me, and long story, but I ended up then in Charlotte for quite a quite a few years. And then ended up after that back down in South Carolina, where my daughter and her husband were planning to go into missions themselves and wanted me to be with them and had a little mother-in-law apartment for me. So that's where I stayed. They headed for Germany. So I have one child in Germany. Uh, They're church planters. And I have one child who's in the film business in New York City and works as a uh, director in a large uh, cable company and does a lot in the in the film world up there. Let's see. And then that, oh, I, I should tell this, this little story. Um, I was living a, with my kids, not because I needed to, but because they wanted me there and I helped with their children. And in that period that I lived with them, uh, all my cancer work came into play. And as my heart was broken and we lost a granddaughter to leukemia. And it it held them up for a year going overseas. The mission, of course, would not let them go for a period of time. And it was a 
an enormous, another enormous blow in our lives. First, it had been my husband, then it was my closest, dearest brother, mm. um, that we were going to work in ministry a lot together. And then came little, little Simi, our little granddaughter. Mm. And, uh, but God uses all these things. These are all part of his sovereign will for our lives and preparing us to be who he wants us to be <laughs> for who we're going to meet next that we don't even know about. And this mm. is this whole world of called hospitality, call it mentoring, call it whatever. We're exhorted by Paul. You know, he talks about the comfort I've received. It's been received for you so that you can mm. turn around and comfort others in their distress. And mm. I believe that all, I hate the word even hospitality. I love it, but it's not <laughs> big enough for me. You know, it mm. encompasses everything sharing our lives so my daughter looked at me one day when I was lying in the hospital after a hip transplant a hip tra we call it transplant replacement <laughs> replacement <laughs> and uh she said to me mother um uh, um you know we believe God's called us to Germany I said yes I know sweetheart and of course I was dying inside they were going to be leaving and she had been my real support after the death of my husband it was very hard to face her going overseas and me not seeing them. But after all, I did it to my mother. And that's what I wanted God's will for their lives. And uh, but she looked at me and she said, but I'm struggling big time. Because God also tells us to care for our parents. And you're a widow. And you've got some physical problems. And I told Sam, I can't go overseas. I cannot go overseas. Unless I said, unless what? And she said, unless my mother's completely cared for. I know she's taken care of. And I said, well, honey, I'm not going to marry again. I've already told you that. And she, <laughs> said, she said, I'm not talking about that. And I said, you're not talking about an old folks home, are you? <laughs> she says, well, let's say we're talking about a, a uh, retirement facility. And, and uh, that became the battle with me and the Lord. I'm so independent. I was not going to go into any kind of a facility, but I, it was the battle was not with my daughter. The battle was with God because mm. God had called them. That was her heart. And I knew I had to take this step. And that's how I ended up another long story, which I won't tell you, but how I ended up on the, on the East coast of New Jersey in the pine barrens. That as a little girl, I hated because <laughs> me too, me too. You, couldn't, <laughs> you couldn't get to the beach. You know, no. you had to go through these dumb pine trees. Yes, and yes. Here I am in Whiting, New Jersey, in the middle of them. <laughs> I know how to get to the beaches too. But uh, uh, it was a real struggle for me for mm. a, a couple of years. I was there, but I was screaming inside. I was jumping up and down and saying, the Lord, you don't know what you did here. You've ceased my ministry. I yeah, there's a bunch of old people. Maybe I can talk to them about the Lord. But, you know, I felt really hampered. And God, it's a long story of how God's brought me to where I am now. But meeting Angela down at Harvey Cedars and having the possibility of doing ministry with her there just thrills my soul. I can still hear my dad's voice down along the bayside and in the dining room. And to think that I'm helping to teach these women there where dad and mom had such significant ministry years ago. It's very exciting. A lot of people ask, why didn't I go back? And of course, we had called a German pastor and his wife, and they were a young couple. Well, the old preacher's wife doesn't hang. I mean, if she hangs around the church, she's not wise, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. And I, I couldn't stay there where the people, the people went through a year in Germany of this guy that they loved so much dying back over in America. I mean, they were they were, we didn't have Skype. We didn't have email then. Mm -hmm. This was, this was uh, 94. 
we had we had um, the fax machine had <laughs> just come into existence. We thought we'd died and gone to heaven with the fax machine. <laughs> I used to I used to fax my son in college, and it went into the president of the college's office. That was the only fax machine on campus. And he told me one day when I met him that I got to meet the mother of the most fax student that we had here at our school. <laughs> but, but you know that you could send it through, and it was there. We never dreamed of this, of what we're doing today, you know, and having having all these possibilities. But um, I could not go back. I could not sit there with all these people who are weeping and crying and trying to understand God's will. New believers, so many of them new believers. Why did their pastor have to die? Because we weren't staying there anyway. We were building up, turned it over. But they didn't really believe that. And, uh, you know, way down deep inside, they didn't believe that. So for me to go back there, now I go back often. Right now with my daughter in Munich, I've asked the Lord to help me as long as I have the strength to get over there every year. And I usually go and just pitch right in and work with them for a month to two months right in their home. I know the language. I can help her like a lot of nannies couldn't because of that, help the girls with their homework, uh, meet people at the door. And then I always get up to Rotermark, which was up near Frankfurt, which is our church where the church is going strong and just go right on doing counseling, mentoring, encouraging you know, with the people there. So it's a great privilege to be able to do that. So let's, I want to ask you a couple specific questions. We titled this episode, Live Your Faith. And I think for maybe some of you listening, Sarah is a, a few years down the road from where you are and hearing just what we've heard of your story so far, a trend that I see is the Lord taking you from one place to another. And one of my very favorite quotes comes from Dietrich Bonhoeffer, um, and I'm not going to get it exactly right, but it talks about a mature man, the mark of a mature man, as opposed to a callow youth, that he finds his identity wherever he may be. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I see in you is, as God has put you in a particular place, you go all in, you're all in, and you literally are living your faith. So specifically right now, I think about, um, and I'll just share this for you guys, and then maybe Sarah, you can expound a little bit. Um you are living in this um, senior adult community. You are. Thank um, you for saying that so nicely. <laughs> and not calling it an old lady's home like you, some of my friends do. As you're fond of saying, you live with some old people. Um, you come and you. As an old but, well, yeah, you, I can't keep up with you, girl. But you, once a month, you come down, you drive an hour close to to teach at a, a community wide women's Bible study on a team with me. You also. Just in the last week, I know that you have met or are meeting with several different women driving an hour here, an hour there, and then and then having dinners and hosting things in your little apartment. So how do you how how have you done that for us girls who are wanting to know how do you go all in in the moment where you are, be content, live joyfully mm. in the season that you're in? How, what's the secret? You fight for it. <laughs> You fight for it and you recognize that God has had control of your life. You've got to look back mm. and and people who keep diaries or keep record of where they've been are, are particularly blessed. I don't do it as much as I should. I'm not as disciplined. I have 25 years of my husband's daily diaries, mm-hmm. daily, 25 years, but he did it. And a lot of his, re- he was a very disciplined man. And a lot of it, rubbed off on me, believe it or not, because I wasn't very, I was just fly by the seat of your pants. And a lot of his discipline rubbed off on me because many of the disciplines were spiritual disciplines. And um, looking back, okay, Lord, just like the Israelites had to do, looking back and they didn't do, they mumbled and complained and say, 
I didn't know how I would ever, for instance, get through Michael's death. I'm going to go back further, way back years before my daughter had been diagnosed with scoliosis at the back, and she went into one of those horrendous total back operations up in Boston Children's mm. Hospital. And I can remember 14 hours having this little buzzer in our hands. We were allowed to go down and walk on the streets of Boston, but if they buzzed, we got back to a telephone. But for 14 hours, she was in the hands of surgeons with her back wide open and we had signed consent, you know, that she may never walk again and on and on and on. I thought that was just about the most horrendous thing a mother and father could go through. And I didn't know how I'd survive it. And I did. So that when I come up to the death of my husband, I don't look back at that operation and laugh, but I go, oh my goodness, <laughs> that was nothing. I thought look that where, was hard. <laughs> look at where God has brought us when we cross the culture, terrific problems. I mean, I was 39, 40 years old and I suddenly, and I'd been used to teaching women's Bible studies and running things and using my mouth. And suddenly my mouth is shut like Zacharias because mm -hmm. I was, I didn't know the language. And every time I opened it, I sounded like a child. Mm. And pride started getting smashed, 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 oh, wow. smashed. God brought me through that. God brought me through all the kids leaving home and going to boarding school at age 14. And I thought I would die because I swore I would never, ever do that. And they wanted to go because they were having such difficulty in the German schools. And they pleaded with us. Mm. to let them go to this wonderful school, which God used. What boarding that. school? So uh, Black Forest Academy. Uh -huh. I know it. Right, right yes. on the corner of France, Switzerland. <laughs> yes, we, we oh, almost my... applied at one point. When oh, I... did yes. you? Okay. Yeah, there was one wonderful, point. wonderful place. Yes. And uh, my little car, my husband said, were you really church planning during those years? <laughs> or were you down at Black Forest Academy? Because <laughs> they were our kids. We were real hands-on parents and, yeah. and uh we were raising a son and a daughter for the king of heaven. And we we had our plans right up to age 18 and we'd turn them loose and kick them out. And uh, I lost them at 14, many tears. But what I'm saying is you go back and you go, okay, the Lord helped you amazingly through that part of your life. When you thought you were going to die, you thought you were going to drown in Germany in about your third year when you weren't getting the language when you wanted to and you weren't getting the culture and you didn't know who you were anymore. You lost, you do lose your identity and something like that and you create a new one. So you go back and say, did you bring me through, Lord? Yes, you did. Okay, well, based on what you did there, I can trust you for what I absolutely mm. can see now. I think you have to talk to yourself that way. And then, of course, I, I know myself. I've known myself for years. I think you have to know who you are know what your strengths are, know what your weaknesses are, and say, okay, Lord, what can I do here? I thought I'd come up to Jersey. I'd been the the, uh, the assistant director. I didn't take the directorship that they wanted me to because I felt like I needed to bring in a younger woman. And I kind of was like her mentor in this very large church in Columbia, South Carolina. That was my last job before I came up here. And I did ministry among women. So I thought I'd come up here. I needed X dollars per month more than I had. And I'd just find another place. I mean, look at all the years of experience I have. Certainly I'd get picked up. And then I found out churches around where I am don't hire women for ministry. You know, if a woman does ministry, she does it gratis, which I understand because most of my ministry is that way. But I still had to live. So there were big question marks. And I felt shelved for mm. two, two to three years. I felt shelved. In the meantime, 
I, I just tried to do whatever my hand felt to, found to do around me and loving on people, loving on older people. But I was longing for youth and younger, younger women because um, I would say 10, 10 years ago, I can't, I've got it in my diaries, but I can't tell you exactly when it was. I sat down because I've always been somebody who wrote my next five years goal, my next 10 years goal, took a day or two, set aside, what are my goals in these years? And it was very shocking to sit down and make goals where you were going to be 80 at the oh. end of it. You didn't know if you were going to be alive <laughs> or not. And so I no longer have year goals. I just have up ahead goals. Put 90 or 95. But what I really came down to in my, I wish I had brought that with me today and I didn't bring it. My, my statement is basically everything that God has taught me through all these years, the hard lessons, the good lessons, everything he's taught me, I have a responsibility to pass on to others uh, mm -hmm. who are coming along at any stage of their life. So everything I do, Lord, I want to be that. I want to be only, not, not oh, here's Sarah, speak. Or, no, I want to be, here's Sarah who can tell me, tell me how she got through this area of her life or how she did this or her problems with her husband or with her children or, you know, this kind of thing and all those kind of things. I sat four hours, well, 15 minutes less than four hours, Angela, yesterday with one of our young women. And, and it's so wonderful to go into sessions like that. If you're not as old as me, you may not know that yet, but you go into a session, you don't even have to prepare because... I mean, you have to prepare your heart and prepare and ask God to help you, but you don't have to go up and look in books for how am I going to deal with this problem she has and how am I going to deal with this problem? Because most of those problems you've been through already. Wow. So God has that all inside you and it just pours out if you're willing. I was tired when I drove home. I almost couldn't drive home because I gave up myself for those hours, but I can't wait to go back and get with her. <laughs> We are so glad we've had Sarah, this time with Sarah today, and we're going to pick up this conversation next time on part two of our episode. Be sure to tune in for a lot more encouragement and inspiration to press on in your faith. Thank you so much for joining us today on the More to Be podcast. We're praying that you've experienced a fresh encounter with God and His Word during your time with us today. Make sure to visit moretobe.com slash podcast for show notes from today and free downloadable resources. May you continue to think biblically and live transformed to be more like Jesus as you seek to join God in his work every day.